2: What is going on, everybody? We have reached uh, the end of week 10. We are kicking off week 11 of the fantasy football season, starting tomorrow with likely your waivers running. And that is what we are going to talk about today. The end of week 10 with the uh, Bears-Vikings game. That wasn't quite uh, what I think we always ho- were hoping it was going to be. And then talking about waivers for week 11 and your playoff run. Matt, how you doing on this nice early Tuesday afternoon? <coughs>
1: Doing pretty good. I just went to check uh, on our show handle. We put up a poll about who was going to win the uh, NFC least after we talked about it, and it looks like Eagles are still holding strong with thirty six percent of the vote. Giants at thirty three percent. Nice. Going to be fascinating. Nobody believes in Washington.
2: I voted Washington. I
1: voted Washington again. Like we talked about yesterday. Go ahead. They only have twelve percent now, but I mean, gotcha. I feel like it varies week to week. Nobody would have voted for the Giants prior to week 10. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I voted Washington because of what we talked about yesterday. I think it'd be cool to kind of see Alex Smith get, get back into the playoffs. So that that's kind of why I went that way. Ah, Speaking – well, no, never mind. Alex Smith did not play for either one of these teams. I was trying to think if he did. Uh, Vikings-Bears was uh, not an overall great game. Fucking Allen Robinson, man. Allen Robinson – two points, Uh, technically 1.8 points. I lost by 1.8 points. Alan Robinson almost did it for me yesterday. They barely
1: barely threw for a hundred yards too. So that's even more
2: depressing. So upsetting. Like I said, I thought it just, if I'd have just played Damien Harris, who you mentioned yesterday, I've trade, I traded a lot to get, If I just played Damien Harris over DJ Dallas, which we knew DJ Dallas wasn't going to be good. We had the inside information and yet I still did it. Would have won. Would have won. Could have been sitting at 6-4 instead of 5-5. Five five. Not pretty. But anyways, Vikings-Bears. From Minnesota side, Kirk Cousins, 17 points. Dalvin Cook, 15. Justin Jefferson, 21. Adam Thielen, 20. And Kyle Rudolph, 8 points. It looked like the Bears worked on containing Cook. They've actually done a pretty good job of that the past couple games uh, and let Cousins kind of do his thing. Is this a good sign for the Vikings moving forward? I mean, they started out, what, 0-4? And now they've come up yeah. to four and six. So, I mean, they've, they've really kind of turned it around here
1: uh, so I think far. they're four and five, actually. First.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. They are four and five. Yeah. So, I mean, they so start out 0 oh and four. They're four I and
1: think. five. The Lions are four and five. Bears are five and five. You know, so the Packers, seven and two, have a little bit of space, but there's kind of a tight pack there. I'll be curious yeah, the to NFC, see yeah, who emerges. You know, obviously, we're not going to get a wild card team out of the NFC East. Um, yeah. The Bucks are in pretty good shape in the South, but Atlanta and Carolina have a lot of work to do. The West, though, you know, with all three, that's where it's going to be. Yeah, you know, it might be a little too late, but I I've thought it's ironic too. We thought Minnesota was sort of giving up a little bit. They started trading defensive pieces they start trading players away that's usually a sign that you think you're out of it and yet their play has kind of bounced back i think they said last night this was kirk cousins first monday night football win
2: yeah his his second primetime win first monday night football win
1: and you know they did what 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 i had suggested was the bears were going to do everything they could to kind of contain dalvin cook and he ends up with 90-something yards, but a lot of that came at the very end of the game when they were kind of salting it away. He wasn't a huge factor early on, but Kirk Cousins made some pretty good throws, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen made some incredible catches. That first touchdown for Thielen where he kind of one-arm cradles it in the end zone uh, was incredible. I think if you were a Vikings fan, you would be encouraged by what you saw. The question just is, you know, what I said a minute ago, is it too little, too late? If they won six of the last seven, you're talking about a team getting to 10 and six. That could be playoff range, but they've left themselves essentially no margin for error now.
2: Yeah, so with them adding the extra playoff spot here, just just counting it up. And I'm going to go ahead and put Atlanta in here because they have looked good the past couple of weeks. And they are technically only one game behind those four and five teams. Uh, there's eight teams vying for three spots right now, possibly four, yeah. because there was the talk that they could add another extra one just for this year. So you've got eight teams right now in the NFC vying for three, possibly four spots, and most of that is coming from the three teams in the NFC North. And I counted all three of the teams in the NFC West because you can't guarantee which one is going to win that yeah. right now with the way they're playing. So I mean, you've got most of your looking like wild cards are going to come from those two divisions. So
1: well, the- and it's. The big thing to watch, though, is they said they would add an eighth per conference 16 total yeah. if they had a significant portion of the season wiped out, which to me means like if we don't have games in December, in which case a team like the Vikings that started really slow and is surging, they're in a worse position because right now they'd still be on the outside looking in because they need they need the season to play out and hope that they can get to 9-11 to 11 wins to really be in that race.
2: Well, they might be in it. I mean, listen, I'm trying to see here. So they would jump out of all those teams. I'll look really quick. So you would have Philly wins, right? You'd have green Bay and Chicago right now. Get in Mm -hmm. new Orleans, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they would, but they would be the next one because they're above Detroit they're above Atlanta. So they would technically be that next one. What's going on, Dennis. So yeah, it'll be, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We're we are going to talk about this uh, next Tuesday. Uh, looks like Dennis will be able to join us as well. Uh, so you have the three of us here previewing the Thanksgiving Day games, and we're going to talk NFL playoff races because likely only going to get even more interesting after this weekend. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think their offense is is definitely moving forward. It looks a little bit better. I mean, it's uh, and me, my. I'll, Opinion kind of surprising they've been playing this good with as bad as their defense has been, but they've been finding ways to win games. So,
1: Our defense has gotten a little bit better because I mean, Chicago scored 13 points, but if you take away quarter Patterson's 104 yard uh, return, I mean, they barely crested over a 100 yards passing with Foles, you know, which we'll talk about his situation in a minute. Rush offense was pathetic, yeah. Um, So Not a lot. What will be a more interesting test, I think, is Andy Dalton's supposed to be back, and they're going to see the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't been great of late, but they have a lot of those weapons, and the Vikings' defense had been pretty soft. If they're able to kind of step up and handle that, maybe they are getting some things correct. Maybe those trades, which we perceived as them, sort of saying throwing in the towel was addition by subtraction, which sometimes happens. You bring somebody in, it doesn't really work, messes up the rotations and the chemistry because they looked a lot better defensively when they played Green Bay the second time, a game that they were able to win. Dalvin Cook was really helping to pace them and and did a lot of effort. But what was lost in there is Green Bay had destroyed Minnesota on opening day defensively. And Minnesota's defense came back and and, you know they weren't you know, first half 2019 Patriots, but they were significantly better, which is one of the reasons they've been able to win some of these games.
2: For Chicago's side here, uh, Foles two points, Patterson 12, Robinson 10, and then Miller 4.8. It was an ugly game for the Bears here. Can this offense be fixed? Who will the QB be moving forward? I do know – I haven't seen an exact for sure thing on what is wrong with Foles. Now, they are going into the bye week, so that does help them a little bit. But I did hear this morning that it's not as serious as they thought it might have been last night. So that is obviously some good news.
1: Yeah, they were – they thought it was some kind of leg or hip, or you know, not exactly what you want to hear. But uh, in post game, it was even more muddled because I know they asked Nagy and he said, "Trubisky's shoulder still not right, so who knows?" And then if neither of those guys, it looked like the next man up was Tyler Bray. Um, I part of me wonders if it even makes a difference at this point in time because I don't think any of their Quarterback play has looked very good last night They were talking about trying to take a step forward. It was supposed to be uh, Rehabbing the offense a little bit with Nagy giving up the play calls to bill laser I didn't notice an appreciable difference. I didn't think Foles looked very good or very comfortable. They have no running game whatsoever quarter l patterson Gave them 25 yards on 10 carries. Okay, they didn't really look to commit to run the ball much more than that. You know, Obviously, not a great game to say, hey, we're committing to the run when you have to oh, David, not Montgomery, and you already had no Tariq Cohen. But I don't know what the answer is. Even from a passing standpoint, it looked like they regressed from where they had been the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, I would guess Allen Robinson's got to be getting kind of frustrated. They're not really getting Mooney or... Miller involved much. Jimmy Graham was not a factor last night. They're just – their offense looks terrible. They they wouldn't even gotten to double digits if it wasn't for that kickoff return.
2: Yeah, I think – I just – I honestly don't even – I don't even know what to think. I, this was the game that they should have gone off, right? I mean, Minnesota down three corners as we were talking about yesterday before the game even started –
1: no, top four. They said Probably, right, right in the immediate top four corners on the depth chart were, off, were out, and you're at home.
2: Yeah, I just – I don't even know. I mean, I honestly don't know what to say. It's they, They're not – we've kind of been talking about it all season to begin with when they were whatever it was, four and two. So they, been, they were the worst and worst four, four and two, worst five and one. So they're going to continue to be that. I don't think that they can see – I honestly think – Both Minnesota and Detroit will eventually pass them. They're just not going to get this done. You know, I hope Nick Foles is going to be all right and be able to come back because it doesn't look like Trubisky's going to be back anytime soon. Not sure you want to rely on Tyler Bray. You kind of mentioned it yesterday. You know, maybe they do go back out and grab Jordan Howard and bring him back into the fold to see if maybe he can help out with David Montgomery with as bad as he's looked. But I mean, if I'm going to be honest, the only thing I think about this is it sucks to be Allen Robinson, man. I mean, that poor dude just can't
1: catch a break. Uh, Maybe it's doing him a favor not having signed a long term contract. You know, it seemed like he was frustrated he hadn't gotten it done, but having gone through this season, maybe he's hoping he gets to go on the market because there's tons of teams that would love
2: to have him
1: where they actually have somebody that can get him the ball because Chicago does not seem like they've been able to do that in the time he's been there.
2: I just meant the fact that he has to play with another, like, subpar quarterback. Poor guy can't catch a break. I would love to see him go to a team with an actual good quarterback and see the numbers that he puts up because it's just, I mean, I, I honestly don't even know what to say. So, I mean, really, there's there's not much to take away from this. Again, they're on by this week, so we'll be able to talk more about it uh, next Wednesday or Friday. I don't think they don't play Thanksgiving Day, right? They play on Sunday next week.
1: Yeah, I think they play on Sunday of Thanksgiving week. I remember,
2: I honestly don't even know it's who the game.
1: Washington were. and Dallas is the afternoon game. The night game is Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It's who Detroit, Detroit plays. Detroit so plays. I'm, I'm it looking at right now. Yeah, I'm looking.
2: They at right play now. the Texans. There we go.
1: Oh god. So, so yeah. the sadness bowl to the sadness bowl. Well, that too. could be
2: a good game. And, you know, if Kenny Galladay's back, that could be a good passing game. We get DeAndre Swift against that horrible rush defense. So there's two players I have on a lot of teams. So I'll be looking forward to that game. Of course, it's going to end up being like a 13 to 10 game, but I'll, I'll be looking forward to it at least. Yeah. The next two games, I think, are going to be, well, I, I would say it's kind of hard to say Washington Dallas might be interesting. I mean, they'll be playing for not- the, the NFC East. So I guess that part of it's interesting because they're still technically in it. All right, so let's go over some of the news and notes here uh, of the day. Darnold is still out. Uh, I I would almost do. You, do you think he even plays again this year? I think they're done with him. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Uh, we we remarked, you know, the Jets had a bye week, so you you kind of forget but that game against the Patriots. Joe Flacco looked really good running that offense. I thought he looked better than what we've seen from Darnold. So it was a legitimate question to me. As to whether they want to go back to Sam Darnold, he could very well be done. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't looked consistent. I don't know if he and Gase get along. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it.
2: It's going to be interesting. I was having a discussion with um, with some people inside a Discord channel the other day about this. It might be something I'll bring up on Thursday about the amount of quarterbacks coming out this year and next year and a lot of the quarterbacks that could end up losing their jobs in the next two years. And and I threw out names like in this – Baker, if you're listening, change the channel really quick. Come back in a minute. Baker, Wentz, Locke. I mean, I can't remember who else. Stafford, with how he's getting older. There's a lot of quarterbacks I could see within the next year or two maybe not having jobs anymore.
1: But, see, I think – Stafford, I feel like, will end up going to someone where, you know, like, you know, Denver ends up middle of the pack. I could see us taking a Stafford, even trying to see if you could rehab a Darnold because maybe you don't get high enough and take a second or third round quarterback because you don't get up high enough to get a top tier. Detroit, it seemed like in the off season was indicating that they were interested in potentially moving on. Yeah from Stafford and the way they started this season, you thought, well, maybe they're in line for a good pick, but now they've sort of bounced Turned back. Right. If, they, yeah. if they end up like a nine and seven team, that puts you in a different class. You either have to kind of bomb out or trade for a high pick or be the dolphins and just be gifted one by the Houston Texans.
2: That's what, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. And that's why I, I cannot wait for the draft to get here. I'm so, there's so many storylines that I, I want to see played out here, but I almost think you don't have to have a top pick this year or next year. Like we're talking about right now. And again, it's easy to say this now because we know we know in the back of our minds that there's like six guys that we all think are, are possible good quarterbacks. Not all six are going to pan out. We know that. But then looking at them play on Saturdays, you're like, oh, my God. Like all six of these guys are amazing. I don't think all six go in the first round. There's a lot of talk that like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, who are two of the guys I have ranked in my top five right now at quarterback are going to be day two guys. There's a lot of talk that it's really just going to be Lawrence Fields, Lance, and then maybe Wilson that go in the first round. And then the rest of those guys go second round. So you don't necessarily have to have high draft capital. I could see, you know, I mentioned it uh, yesterday about you guys getting Kyle Trask. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you see a team that say has, seventh or eighth pick maybe jumps back up into the first round like Baltimore did a couple years ago and say, hey, let's go up there, get that guy like they got Lamar, get that fifth-year option. So I do think there's a lot to play with, and same thing next year. There's a lot of guys, there's a top four that everybody talks about, but then there's like three guys right behind them I think all have just as much talent that could jump their way in there too. So you're looking at possibly 13 quarterbacks in the next two years that are all coming out that have talent. I mean, that's almost half the league right there.
1: And you're probably seeing, you know, even if the Lions keep Stafford, it certainly seems like the Falcons are ready to uh, let yeah, Matt Ryan go. I don't think he's done, you know, and you don't know how much longer Brady, Breeze, I would think Breeze, Breeze probably. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I thought that would be the perfect landing spot for a lot of these guys would be the – Saints making their big run and then drafting one of these guys that they project to fall into the second round late in the first round and you have your quarterback of the future. And if even if you've got to hold on to Jameis for a year, maybe you you try and uh, get funky with them. it and play Taysom Hill for a year, however you want to do it, you know. But I think it, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely something that uh, will be very fun to talk about as we get closer to the draft
1: season. Speaking of uh, Winston and and Hill – you know, Bree's obviously going to miss. Who do you yeah. think? I mean, Winston came in in that game, but they also used Taysom in the wild. The wildcat, do you think they're going to split?
2: I don't know if they'll split, but I think it would be – I don't think it would be crazy to say it's going to be like a 60-40 thing. with with
1: Taysom quarterback eligibility again today, which tells me that they think there's a chance.
2: I have no doubt they will. I mean, that's what Sean Payton does it with. Like, I'm going to be honest here. Drew Brees is a hall of famer and he does it with Mm. Drew Brees out there. Don't tell me you're not going to do it with Jameis Winston out there who still does that stupid ass backwards drill. I I don't still don't understand what the hell he's doing with Jameis Winston out there quarterback. We're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill. I'll be my biggest thing is I don't know how much this helps anybody outside of Kamara. I I think I'm almost terrified to play anybody on the Saints offense now outside of Kamara. Like Michael Thomas, which we we had a big discussion about him yesterday where you kind of have to see it before you're willing to play him. But now I kind of think like Emmanuel Sanders' value takes a hit. Jared Cook's value takes a hit because while, yes, there's a chance that Winston goes out there and starts flinging it like he did in Tampa, that could also mean a lot more turnovers coming for the New Orleans offense as
1: well. Well, see, that's where – so Sean Payton, different kind of coach the Saints are in a different kind of, you know, have cultivated a different kind of expectation. There was no option that they really liked behind Jameis Winston last year for, for Tampa Bay. Had Fitzpatrick not moved on, you have to wonder if Arians might not have tried, tried that. I, if he goes out there and starts flinging it and they're doing good things. Okay. But if he goes out there and starts flinging it and they're getting pickoffs, I think he, you know, Peyton does go to Taysom Hill because he would rather ground and pound you and do that creative offense that they were doing that destroyed Tampa Bay than to have Jameis go out there and throw four interceptions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is like, I can honestly see them doing that where they start Jameis Winston, and then he does go out there and say, throws four interceptions by halftime, and now he's benched. Well, I'm n- nothing against Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. But if he comes out there as the starting quarterback, then that completely kills almost your entire passing game. Like, I know he can pass the ball, but he's not Jameis Winston or Drew Brees. So all of a sudden it becomes the Alvin Kamara-Taysom Hill show, and that's where you really kind of get screwed. So it's New Orleans, unless unless your name's Alvin Kamara, I'm, I'm honestly deathly terrified of playing you right now until I can see what to do. And I, I would imagine Brees is going to be out for three weeks. I know they're saying he could possibly be back in two weeks, but, I mean, he's well, got a lab of
1: And rib fractures that he's gotten over two weeks on both sides. That was what made me even more like, oh, so maybe some of the reason that in week nine they were doing so much Taysom Hill and weird things was because Brees got his ribs broken on one side against Tampa Bay. And then you got the ribs broken on the other side. I don't even know how you protect against that. And honestly – True, Brees I mean, has a family yeah. and a whole lot of things outside of football. You're not risking your long term life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's what I, I would think too with this. They're, I don't want to say in a great spot because they're technically only a game up. I would say game and a half technically over Tampa Bay because they have the tiebreaker because they're they only half a get
1: the, Yeah, that's true. So they've got the tiebreaker.
2: If they were to be tied, they have. There's no way Tampa Bay can go over them because they beat them twice now head to head. So, but you don't necessarily feel comfortable. In the fact, like what I was going to say is maybe you have another situation like you did last year, really the past two years that I've been talking about brief, where he's been injured. He sits four, five, six weeks, and then you come back in, you don't know, have the Teddy Bridgewater who Teddy Bridgewater may not be as an accomplished thrower as Jameis Winston, but he doesn't turn the ball over like Jameis Winston yeah. does. And that, I think, that's the biggest fear. Uh, another kind of bit of bad news here is CMC is already out again. We we kind of mentioned this yesterday, uh, the fact that there was talk that he might be able to play by week 11. He's already now been ruled out. I mean, how worried are you? They've got, the, as you mentioned yesterday, the buy in week 13. So you're looking at maybe at best you get a week 12 and then hope you make it into the playoffs or out of the first round.
1: One, I actually think you're looking at a situation where if they are that worried about his shoulder and he's a guy they want long-term and you see that you have a bye week in week 13, you're not rolling the dice in week 12 either. So it's very possible. And it's not like they've gotten that they're desperate uh, or they're, they're not, I mean, technically they're still alive for the playoffs, but with, with that loss last week, the momentum is not there. And Mike Davis has been a perfectly fine and serviceable fill in, I mean, I'm, an even, I'm a little nervous about Bridgewater. Early yesterday, they said the knee injury was no big deal and he should be fine. But then by last night, I don't know if you were watching some of the reports and pop ups in Monday Night Countdown, they were talking about now there's some uncertainty. I think, you know, they've invested a lot in McCaffrey and Bridgewater, and that's kind of the future. And the future is not 2020. And if it's me and I'm on the fence at all, I let Mike Davis play week 12. I let christian sit 12 the bye week of 13 see if he comes back that's a smart nfl decision from a fantasy standpoint you're talking about a guy that was not just a first rounder but the number one pick if you don't have davis and even having davis a couple of these weeks hasn't hasn't you know been that incredible if if you don't have him you may not be in a playoff race if you are in a playoff race you know you you need to hit the waiver wire topics we're gonna uh targets that we're gonna talk about here in a minute and and just hope because i would not count on him playing anytime between now and the playoffs you already know you're not getting in week 13 which is usually do or die we they went from saying it's no big deal to no we're not even going to talk about him for week 11 to me that that seems kind of like how you were worried about Galladay missing more time a few weeks ago because they were bringing yeah. other wide receivers in to try out. And they're like, oh, his injury is not that serious. But he's not going to be practicing, and we're going to add three or four other receivers. But don't read anything into it. Well, you know, the writing's on the wall.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of – um the doctors that are on TV shows and different networks and everything, they all kind of came out and said that same thing. They're like, this is not an injury you'll be able to play next week. It's going to, it's a two to three week injury. I almost feel like at this point they may just call CMC season and just be like, dude, there's no point in rushing you back out there and hurting yourself even more. Let's just be done with it and come back stronger next year. So
1: I mean, you have to wonder if that's not what's going on with Eckler a little bit because when he went out, They were saying four to six weeks. We would have thought we would see him back by now. He has commented he feels good. The team has never once been like, hey, we're going to put him out there next week.
2: So speaking of Eckler, let's let's talk running backs and start there. We talked a little bit about him yesterday. Some of the guys on the waiver wire here, I will be polite and talk about him nicely today. Kalen Balaj, who we saw got a ton of the work uh, for the Chargers last week. Obviously, Joshua Kelly's still there. Uh, but then you have Salvan Ahmed, who was the Miami Dolphins running back. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. I mentioned uh, in the game yesterday, he got 84% of the carries. Even when Miles Gaskin was doing all the work, he did the most he ever got was, I believe, it was 71 or 74. I can't remember the top of my head, but still that, you know, Ahmed was getting used a whole lot more and it's because he's a little bit of a better runner in my opinion than Gaskin is, but well, I mean, read into this, what you will, there's talks that Breda will be back in healthy by next week. I mean, I feel like they've been saying that since week one and we have yet to really see him out there. Uh, and then you've got uh, Devontae Booker with, uh, with the Raiders, who me and you talked a little bit about on Thursday, Friday, last week's show, and then obviously yesterday as well, who really seems to be carving out a role there in Las Vegas. So how would you kind of attack these three guys?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm interested to see uh, Balazs probably at least this this next week. The big unknown there, you know, before you're when you're at this point of the season, if you have a ton of fab, you know, you might as well spend it or lose it. Um, but when you're trying to make strategic decisions, the big unknown is what we talked about with Eckler. You know, we know Justin Jackson is off the board for a few weeks, could be even longer. You know, when a guy has a knee injury and goes on IR this late in the season, may not be a guy they they bring back. We don't know what the situation's gonna be. With Eckler, you know, if they come back in the middle of this week after you do invest everything and take a big swing on Belage, and they say Eckler's going to play on Sunday, that kind of dampens a little bit of my enthusiasm. But I think he'll still have a role. the the current situation, if you thought neither of those guys were going to be there, he would be the guy. Uh, with Ahmed, I I like his potential too. Even if Brita is available, I think all you're going to see is a little bit of how... They might split work when Gaskin comes back. I don't figure Breida to take a lot of carries, but he might get more passing game stuff. But to me, that feels like a big if. I'm with you that he's a guy that feels like even when the star that's on IR right now or the starter that's on IR right now comes back, that there's a good chance um, that he still has a role. So he's somebody I would be getting thinking that I have the potential to use him in situations going forward. So he's probably the most appealing to me of those three. And then, uh, you know, I think Booker's going to have a role. It's it's a question of how, you know, he's done well the last three weeks because they've been able to build leads and they've run so much. Is that a formula they keep going? I'm not completely sold that they're committed to do that two running back dominating you on the ground the same way the Browns are with Hunt and Chubb. It feels like they're getting that kind of a thing going. But I'm still cautious because Jacob's clearly still the guy there. Yep. But Booker, I think, is a good – He if you, if I own Jacob's or a roster Jacob's, I want to make sure I'm getting him to be a handcuff, especially as you're coming into the playoffs. This is the time of year where you start looking at those long shot, deep throws on the bench. You can start dropping. We're almost through bye weeks. There's four teams this week, and then there's two in week 13, and we're done with bye weeks. So you can start kind of thinking long-term strategy playoffs. If Jacobs is a guy you have, you, I would want to have Booker. Because if something happens to Jacobs, I think we could see Booker had shown that he's capable of carrying a load and doing pretty well in there. Um, so probably for this week, depending on my needs, I'm going Ahmed, Balaj, and then Booker.
2: Uh, two guys I want to throw on there really quick. Uh, I was just looking at just your your thoughts really quick on them. Rex Burkhead is still um, only rostered in 25% of leads, leagues. And then with all the talk that Chris Carson will likely miss again this week, Carlos Hyde only rostered in 11%. Do you have any interest
1: in either one of those? My question with Hyde is whether he's even going to – come available or play he's I saw, a lot too.
2: yeah I saw Pete Carroll said today that Hyde is tracking to play he's further ahead in his rehab than Carson is now again that means he's back with Alex Collins and DJ Dallas so what does that mean exactly I don't know but I would think if he's saying they think he's gonna play now already he's probably in pretty good shape to play would they play Thursday against Arizona
1: yeah, yeah, that's probably a reason why uh, you use more caution when you're talking about um, Carson, because if they think he's not tracking to be ready, that's that's a big game. And Carlos Hyde was really good against Arizona. That was the last time we saw him play, um, filling in. I would think the one that takes the back seat if he's back is Collins, because DJ Dallas and Alex Collins a little bit of a different kind of running back and I would think DJ Dallas compliments Hyde more than Alex Collins who feels more like a traditional ground and pounder so I would probably be interested quite a bit in Hyde if I thought he was going to play he's not a bad pickup I have him in a couple of leagues Uh, you know it would be nice he was a thousand yard rusher last year for Houston uh, and we've seen what other guys have done in, in this year in that situation so he's not a bad player underrated. And I can't remember who you said the other one. Uh, Burkhead Burkhead probably should be rostered everywhere too. Um, It's
2: 25% right now, which was kind of surprising to me when I saw that.
1: It's because, you know, they still, even today I was looking, they finally, this was the first week that uh, sites have started to flip the projection for James White and Rex Burkhead, almost acknowledging that they've sort of switched roles. And that does feel like what's happened. I think fantasy players have been slower to accept that too. But if the kind of things that you were getting from James White last year seem to be what you're getting from Rex Burkhead with this offense this year, and I think he's a he's a good pickup. Really, all five of those guys that we've looked at at running back, it's kind of we went through some weeks where there wasn't much that was interested in running backs. All five of those guys, you can make a case for being able to play this week and and to have good reason to have them going into playoff runs
2: uh for the quarterbacks there there's a couple guys here so obviously Jameis Winston Taysom Hill because of the breeze injury you've got Joe Flacco now with Sam Darnold being out a couple other guys I see are are not heavily rostered Andy Dalton at six percent Alex Smith at five percent and Derek Carr still at 36 percent what are your thoughts on those six guys
1: so I like Carr from an NFL standpoint, but it seems like the Raiders have found a groove by minimizing the role of passing, which isn't, I think, necessarily about Carr. Cause he's, he's played fine. It's more about the youth and the receivers and finding something that works. So that's less, I'm less interested in that. Alex Smith is doing a lot of short passing, but he's put up yards. He had 390 on there. That's not bad. I think Andy Dalton fell out because we saw a couple of, uneven performances, and then with the injury. There's still a reason that we were excited to see what he could do when he first got the shot after Dak. They have a good set of receivers. They're playing the Vikings. Uh, could be a good opportunity coming off a bye if he's back healthy. I think that could be a stealth pickup. Uh, Taysom Hill intrigues me more because you could also play him at tight end if you thought he was going to get substantial Work, uh, you know. I know in a lot of formats you can play him at tight end. If you thought he was going to get substantial quarterback work or running work, tight end has been a position that's been a complete toss up. That's actually where I'm playing him in a couple of leagues. But I think, at least at the start, my gut tells me they're going to go with Jameis Winston, who's a more traditional uh, quarterback. I just don't know how I feel about that passing. He didn't look like he had a lot of chemistry coming in to that game when he displaced Breeze in the second half. But with a full week of practice, I still like their receivers, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. Those should be guys that they should be able to go deep with. Um, Just probably some questions. And Joe Flacco, as much as it pains me to say, he looked good the last time we saw him. He looks like a guy that could hold on to the job. I still would probably take Winston Dalton, uh over him and alex smith i like Carr as an nfl player but in terms of actually feeling good about starting him right now he's probably at the bottom of that list for me because i don't think their intent is to throw a lot even against kansas city we've seen teams be able to beat kansas city by running the ball effectively
2: yeah, I think, you know, James is the one that's the most intriguing to me. But, again, we just don't know if he's going to turn the ball over. That's kind of the worst part about it because, we, as we talked about earlier, I could easily see if he does end up turning the ball over. they just go to Taysom Hill. Andy Dalton, I want to believe, but it's just, he, he did not leave us with a great taste in our mouth uh, when uh, he kind of came in there for Dallas for, what was that, a game and a half, I guess, technically. It was
1: two games. Yeah. Yeah, it was really that Monday night game against Arizona, but it's hard to know. Is it just primetime Andy? Uh, you
0: nah, know, and then he
1: got, he played a lot of that game against Washington too. I mean, he gets a little bit of a break cause he got obviously completely destroyed and knocked unconscious.
2: All right. Uh, wide receivers. There's really only two names here that I saw. Um, Willie Sneed, obviously who had the big day there for Baltimore this past week. And then, Michael Pittman is not widely owned. I was trying to pull him back up so I can get his uh, stats here. Here we go. Uh, So only rostered in 10% of leagues. Now, granted, had a good week two weeks ago. Obviously, last week had the big game. Um, We got MVS still as well, 18%. So out of those three guys, you know, for me, it'd be Pittman first. I think he's clearly shown he's the one there. They're getting him involved not just in the passing game, in the run game. Uh, And and I'm going to be honest, I'd probably just avoid – MVS and Willie Steed altogether, but what are your thoughts on those three?
1: The only thing I'm going to say, well, Pittman by far, I mean, I think he should be rostered everywhere, and I, I'm starting him in a couple. I did last week, yeah, and, he last out week out too. and he looks like he's developed some chemistry with, with Rivers, and that's clarified. Uh, you know, all of those things we had hoped you might see a little bit of from T.Y. Hilton you are getting with uh, Michael Pittman the last few weeks, and I, th- I think they found something there. The only thing I'll say in, in case of Snead is it seems like he is a receiver that has maybe arguably the most chemistry with Lamar Jackson. Still not a great passing offense, but it seems like when they're under the gun and they want plays that he feels more comfortable going there than even the, the big play ability of Brown. Um, but that's really kind of a deep league to me dart throw. And I don't think we have that many – high-producing fantasy teams on a buy. You have the Bills on a buy. Giants are on a buy. Bears are on a buy. So, you, you know, you are-
2: I mean, I'd, I'd say probably the biggest is the Bills. That's, uh, I mean, the Giants, yeah. you're – I mean, Daniel Jones, I guess. He's had a couple good yeah, games.
1: The other buy. That's what I was trying to think about, receiver. Like, last week you had – Dallas, Atlanta, and the Chiefs, and those are all guys that were potentially in your lineup. You probably needed to patch something over. I don't know if that's going to be quite as, you know, Allen Robinson you're missing, but you probably weren't playing a lot of the receivers from Chicago. We've talked about how hit or miss the Giants receivers have been. Um, the other team on a buy is San Francisco, so you might be yeah. missing IU. IU. Um, so you may not have as many line lineup holes. That's another reason there may not be as big of a need for a quarterback this week because Josh Allen is probably a guy that was being started. But those other three, if you were starting Nick Foles or Nick Mullen, uh, or Daniel Jones, you probably had other issues. Yeah. So it's an it we have some more interesting options. Maybe it's thinking about going for the future. MVS, I'm also hesitant about because we got to be pretty close to Lazard coming back, and what is that going to do to his target share?
2: Yeah, I mean the only thing I think, I guess, good maybe for MVS is Aaron Rodgers did come out the other day and say we need to get him the ball more. So obviously that's good news. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm with you. MVS is only reason I start him every week is because he's in Scott Fishbowl and and my team sucks. So I've just got to put him in there and, and hope he does what he did last week and get me a win. So. Uh, tight ends, there's really not much here, man. I'm looking at the list. Aikens, Eifert, Rudolph, Sample, Schultz. I mean, I...
1: Also, uh, apologies to all those people for whom we convinced to give Ir- Irv Smith a whirl.
2: Well, at least he was ruled out way before the game started, so you knew you knew to take him out of your lineups. I mean, that, that's good, at least. I knew, I heard about it Saturday, so I would moved removed him uh, from the lineups that I have. But I'm sure he'll be back this week. I still believe in Irv Smith. He's still, I think, going to be a good tight end. I think that does it. I don't really have any other players. Matt, you got anything else?
1: Nope. Good luck out there playing the waivers.
2: Yeah, good luck to everybody. Unless you're in a league with me, please don't outbid me on Salvan Ahmed or Kalen Bellage because I need one or the other because I'm struggling at running back in almost every league I'm in. Uh, me and Matt will be back on Thursday. We will preview the Cardinal Seahawks, which looks to be a good game. Pigskin pick'em updates, Mandalorian talk as well, and yeah, then. Right great episode. It was I hate that it was only like 30 minutes long, man. That I w- it needed to be longer, but it was definitely a great episode. Nice little callback to uh, the Clone Wars TV show as well, which I thought was kind of cool, which we will talk about. We'll get more into depth on it on Thursday. But then uh Friday we will be back. It'll be me and Dennis. Matt will not be with us this Friday we will preview all of that. So hope as Matt said, good luck on your waivers uh tomorrow or tonight whenever they run and we will see you guys again on Thursday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. die Oh, they tackle him at the line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs>